Welcome to the podcast where we talk all about love. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Carly Ann. Let's be honest, nobody taught us about the challenges that come with finding and keeping healthy, happy relationships. Nobody warned us of the courage that you need to put yourself out there when dating, or gave us the tools to manage anxiety, or told us what the hell to do when we got ghosted. As two coaches working in this space, we want to open up the conversation and give our take into the real, messy, amazing, sometimes tiring and frustrating, but mainly an extraordinary journey that comes with creating the secure, lasting relationships that you deserve. Welcome back guys to All About Love, the podcast where we're talking about dating, healing, attachment and everything in between. How are you today Carly? I'm good. I really love this topic, so I'm good. My energy's up. I'm trying. We're sitting forward, guys. We're raring to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, on our, I think we were having like, such like an expansive chat on our last episode. We were just like lounging. But no, new energy. And this is a really, really good topic, actually. And we will tell you the reason that we're doing this topic, which is what does a healthy relationship look like, okay? What are the green flags for a healthy relationship? And the, one of the reasons we're like choosing to move to more towards this direction is people are obsessed with trying to spot the red flags. People are trying obsessed with trying to like disqualify relationships rather than actually figuring out what feels healthy for them. And that is a question I get constantly is like, if I've never had a healthy relationship before, I don't know what healthy feels like or looks like. So how the hell am I going to meet somebody when I've never experienced it before? That's what draws me to this whole topic is I do think we can get a little bit lost on just that dating element. So I think this is really useful if you're in a relationship and you're wanting it to feel more secure or healthier. It can be useful if you're single and exactly like you say, you are finding yourself in situationships, quite toxic situations. Whilst I do think it's really useful to recognize the red flags, and I do have a lot of time and space for that. I mean, we talk about that all the time. I would love a red flag. For me, I remember I was reading a book. I think it's called All About Love. Hmm. It's, oh, I can't remember, Bell Hooks. And in it, she talks about what love is and like different experiences and definitions of love. And obviously there's not one specific one. But for me, it was a really like a moment I can pinpoint as changing kind of the direction of my relationships because I realized I didn't know healthy love. Like my definition of love was quite messed up actually which we'll talk a little bit more about later. And so when I started to commit to what does secure look like, look like, what does a healthy relationship look like and feel like, that actually sent me in a really positive direction. And then naturally, when I was starting to feel certain ways, which again, we will get into, I started to recognize that as not being healthy. Yeah. Whereas focusing on the red flags just keeps you in that kind of loop. Definitely. And when like you look at manifesting or what you're attracting in or how we can get your energy to match actually what it is that you want, going around desperately trying to spot red flags or focusing on what is wrong in your relationship or, you know, disqualifying people on dates or whatever it might be, 
that is only going to attract more of the same thing. So yes, we will, let's be realistic, we're definitely going to do an episode on red flags because that's just so funny to talk about. But let's also acknowledge that a healthy relationship, regardless of where you are now, is in your remit. And just because you haven't yet experienced something doesn't mean that it's not for you. But let's give you, you know, I don't know, maybe six or seven amazing green flags for healthy relationships that's all we want to talk about this episode tell me though your experience I know this is why we always get sidetracked (laughs) isn't it but tell me okay we'll keep this really brief tell me your experience with With healthy healthy relationships um again as you know guys like my first proper boyfriend was my now husband and that was the healthy relationship but I didn't recognize it for what it was because he was very secure very normal very steady um I wasn't I really wanted to meet somebody but actually I wasn't emotionally ready for a relationship so me I just didn't understand that that's where he was coming from and that was what was normal so it took me realizing and I think this is one of our tips but a healthy relationship feels calm like there are certain elements in there that you know I wouldn't have looked it's really hard to talk about without going into the tips tips, isn't it okay we are going to talk about it but it's nice to hear that I do think it's really nice to hear that it's I was one of those people who hadn't experienced any relationship or a healthy relationship but the one I'm in now is incredibly healthy incredibly normal incredibly happy so I really don't believe when people say, oh, it's love isn't for me because I haven't had that yet. Or, you know, just because something hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to. I am literal proof of this, okay? Mm -hmm. So what's your experience of it? Do you know what? I could actually kind of echo what you've said a little bit, but I guess like, let me think about even now because I am Mm -hmm. someone where my natural instinct is for negative things so my natural Mm. instinct is that he's upset with me my natural instinct is that he's leaving that's the natural uh place that my mind still goes but what's health and obviously that's not healthy all the time but the healthy elements of it are yes I go there but I can bring myself back because of because of these tips that we're about Mm. to say so I can bring this back into my awareness quite quickly Mm. that obviously took a lot of training Yeah, But so my experiences more are about my internal world and where my thoughts go that can make things quite unhealthy or have made things quite unhealthy. Well, I think that's quite an interesting one because healthy looks very different to different people. And if we've only experienced shit and or, you know, you've got a very, very anxious attachment or very, very avoidant attachment style... healthy and do you know what there is a difference between healthy and what feels comfortable yes 100% so that I think we need to be very clear of because what feels comfortable and normal for somebody who has an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment or who has very very low self-esteem or has only been used to situationships or whatever is very different to actually what healthy looks like. So that's part of the reason that we're going to go through this today. So you have a bit of a benchmark. Yeah, and do you know what? So we're going to talk today about like the ideal healthy relationships. And obviously that fluctuates. Obviously each relationship has its like ups and downs and all of those things. So 
being aware of that but I think we said this in another episode we're going look at my hand we're going <laughs> I keep thinking because like people are on YouTube as well um we are going to do an episode on like basic standards oh my god yeah right? we've been saying this so we'll talk about basic standards as well but today we're going to talk about that healthy secure relationship so if you're in relationship it's just to look at your relationship and perhaps you're already falling into these patterns and to celebrate that perhaps it's that you want to add some more and if you're single and have been having unhealthy experiences or whatever hopefully this is going to set you up for what to really look for when you're dating as well one thing I would say as well is just what we're going to talk about doesn't happen overnight part of a healthy relationship is the growth is the learning is the like messing up is the you know the arguing the whatever that might look like and this can take time to get to but as long as you're prepared to build the relationship and put in the time and the effort that is kind of building the relationship is sort of what makes it healthy right so we're going to frame it frame it in that context that you know you don't just wake up and this well you might do might be delightful but nine times out of ten you won't wake up and be amazing at every single one of these things or have it in your relationship already So what are the green flags for a healthy relationship? Do you know what? I think it would be criminal if we had... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? What is she going to say? What is she going to say? If we had an episode talking about healthy relationships and we didn't talk about something from the Gottmans... Oh my God, yeah, That would be criminal. So if you don't know the Gottmans... They basically have done so much research into what makes a healthy relationship. They do mainly talk about marriage, but I've listened to them on podcasts. They talk about dating, they talk about relationships. So the first thing, I think one of the most obvious things that they talk about is they have this five to one ratio, right? So the five to one ratio is having five positive interactions with your partner to like every one negative Mm -hmm. so the positive interactions might be actually just like a special gaze that you have Mm -hmm. with each other it might be a date night it might be like amazing sex that you've had it's this interaction that feels good Mm -hmm. right and the negative ones might be I don't know snapping at them that criticism pulling away and their research shows that and this goes all the way to actually predicting marriages that last. Yeah, divorce, isn't it? Yeah. That they, and I think they're really confident in it. I think they literally say they can, because they did like longitudinal, longitudinal studies. I think they're so confident that they genuinely say they can predict. 97%, isn't it? A relationship yeah. based on this five to one ratio. So I reckon it's just like, if you're someone especially who like is constantly doubting whether you're in the right relationship, because a lot of people experience that it's not all just if you know you know certainly people that listen to our podcast right so knowing the importance of it's okay to have and we'll talk about conflict a bit more it's okay to have these negative experiences you don't have to go into a shame spiral and lose yourself it's actually fine to have that one but for the healthy relationship you do want to be having those positive interactions. Yeah, and I'd add to that as well, because I think um, when I was doing this research, and it first of all made me realise I need to be a lot nicer to my husband, but (laughs) it's the like micro interactions on a daily basis, like you mentioned like a date night or sex or whatever, but even, and I'm really bad at this, when he's like, 
oh, have you seen that? And I don't respond or I'm busy or I say, yeah, yeah, I can't look at that now. So they they call it, I think it's like turning towards. So you want to be turning towards, you know, even if it's just holding their hand when offered or responding to something they've said or listening to something they've said and kind of giving the benefit of the doubt, which is also quite a nice way to look at it because yeah. it means it's not just about like, planning nice things to do it's like making everyday moments feel more positive and you will naturally hold them in a higher regard I think for that and can I bring it to attachments a second because I know that of course you can attachments you were saying about the link with avoidant your link with avoidant and I definitely feel this Mm. as well but if there is that avoidance there you can tend to go into yourself a bit more and there's times where they might want your attention where it's the hardest thing in the world because you've gone inwards and you've kind of gone somewhere. And so there are little ways around that. So I've got much better because my partner, he'll walk past and just maybe lean in for a hug or something. Mm-hmm. And if I'm working or I'm distracted, I can, you know, you just feel yeah. that like not now. But I do remind myself it's one minute. Probably if you engage in that in one minute, mm-hmm. then you can go back to what you're doing but even at work I used to, I can really obviously I don't work with other people now but when I used to I can find it really hard if somebody wants to pull me out of what I'm doing see I've been kind in yeah. those times isn't easy yeah I don't even have like a noble thing like that I'm just obsessed with listening to podcasts yeah so I hate doing mundane tasks or like walking about without having my headphones in and that's probably like one of the biggest issues in our relationship is that I've always got my headphones in. I think this is some good inner work for you. Yeah, I know. To let I him know. pull you out of those for because mo- it'll be a minute he pulls you out of it for. I know. But the problem is then I'm like, what? He'll say something and I'm like, pardon? What? Yeah. So yeah. I'll take them out. But it's that like, I don't know what it is. I guess it's, it must be really frustrating to say something and they don't hear you the first time so then you've got to repeat yourself right you must feel like you're not being heard I work obviously my mm. boyfriend's not uh first language is in English yeah. so I have to work really hard on being really understanding about that so there's a lot of times we have a lot of miscommunication in those yeah. small moments and I remember once it breaks my heart he said to me oh you find it annoying now don't you and then I worked on it and it's fine now Okay. But I imagine, but whatever the trigger, it's that same feeling, isn't it? Of like repeating ourselves, being pulled out of a moment, mm. someone wants our attention. Yeah, and you're not prepared to give it. And it's, and it is, I guess, it's interesting because on a daily basis, you don't sit there and think, okay, my positive interaction with my partner is the most important thing for that day. You think about yourself, you think about work. I think about Desperate Housewives that I've been watching. Yes. Which I'm obsessed with. Um, but actually, these are the things that build that relationship. So even if you can't get five to one, I would say holding them in a high regard, turning towards connection rather than away and trying to like, yeah, feel a little bit more kind of happy and positive in their presence. Yeah. And what I was reading about the five to one, it was saying like, say if it is a bit of like conflict, it's kind of laughing about that. So sticking to that kind of theme, actually, of, yeah, you just being in your own world my partner, he referred to when I watched the Kardashians and he couldn't get my attention. Mm. And even if he's speaking, I'd be like, hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then actually he does that if he's playing his game. So that's now become a joke that we both accept. Yeah. But although the Kardashians isn't on now, so it's unequal now. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liam said it's like walking around. He said it's like living with a teenager. <laughs> but then it's the positive interactions then that make these things okay. Yeah. Because we do work on, Yeah, we work on our relationships being healthy, let's well, be honest. Well, the Desperate Housewives binge is over. I've never watched it. I'll be, I'm sure everybody will be pleased to know. Um, but on that topic, I think our next group, big green flag is learning to argue well because you are never going to have a relationship with no conflict conflict is good conflict is fine conflict means you understand each other more you iron out your differences but when you are arguing and I say learn to argue because I don't know anybody who naturally can have an argument well everybody gets defensive everybody thinks they're right everybody wants to win, everybody like has horrible little tendencies that come out, says hurtful things and stuff. So for me, a huge one has been learning to have conflict and trusting that they're still going to be there at the end of it, but also giving them the benefit of the doubt in that space. And we always say like, hang on a minute, it's us against the problem. Yes, not it's against not each other. It's not me against him. It's us against the problem. So even if they are winding you up, what are you actually annoyed about? Like, let's say it's, I don't know, doing the dishes, right? Okay, so if you're getting pissed off that they're not helping with the dishes um, or washing up, is that because you feel like you're doing a lot? You feel like they're not respecting your time? Like, what does that look like? And then it's you two against that problem, I would say. So, you know, there's so many kind of communication tools you can use um, of learning how to express yourself. Um, we've done an episode, haven't we, on... Yeah. Have we done an episode on arguing or just... Dating? Communication. Yeah. But I would say accepting that conflict is normal and being able to come to kind of some sort of resolution where you hear their point, you're not blaming, you're not attacking. I think they, the Gottman say, the more you say I, Mm -hmm. it goes from you being to blame, it being your fault. And it comes to, I feel like this. I think they used an example, um, run saying you don't ever tidy up the kitchen and it's really pissing me off. If I said that to you, you'd think, well, I do actually, I did it last week. Mm-hmm. Why don't, why are you being so horrible to me? If I came along and said, um, oh, I'm getting really stressed because the kitchen's not tidy um, and I don't have time, please could you tidy it? Yeah, you make it about the situation, the behaviour yeah. of the situation yeah. rather than them individually. And how you feel, so you're taking responsibility yeah. of how you are feeling. I think that's a really positive nugget. But also, within conflict, you are going to get it wrong. Like, we're at, I'm going to say we're at our worst, but maybe we are at our worst during conflict. Yeah. And there is, you know, I hear it a lot of like, but why should I be the one to change? Why can't they be the one? Or whatever it is. In times of conflict where you're both triggered, that really isn't the time to get to the bottom of it. No. I really, truly believe that. It's when you've calmed down later however you'll know your relationship or get to know it if you're not in one yet of what's normal for your amount of time to make up and things like that but you don't just in that moment know they're not going to soothe you and 
meet your need. There's a big difference in my relationship anyway between if he's not triggered and whether he can soothe me and if he's triggered as well. It's yeah. absolutely not happening if we both are. No, because you're not... How could you possibly resolve something from that state of, like, your attachment wounds are heightened, you're thinking horrible things about mm-hmm. them, you're, you, nobody can get anywhere yeah. in that. So I think that's really important. And I'm really bad over text. The only time... I am horrible and I go into Tasmanian devil mode is over text. Really? Yeah. Yes, that's like what over I was text. saying in the other episode yeah. where they, they're not they're not them anymore. Yeah. They become whatever it is that's triggered you. And it's so text. much easier to be completely reactive yes. over text. So yeah, it's happened, it's rarely happens, maybe once a year, twice a year. And yeah, like my husband just doesn't reply to me now I got on the tube recently and I was so triggered and it was an abandonment wound actually Mm. so I kind of knew all of that and I noticed how I started to get annoyed about other things like Mm. like um tidying the house and again I was able to think no it's because you're triggered you're just thinking up everything now and anyway I decided I'm not going to message him the whole time I was on the tube I was going to meet him actually that was huge growth. That's amazing. Because I would have yeah. literally been like, would you, yeah, same as you, Tasmanian devil. I saw an episode of Friends recently, and Monica and Chandler have their first fight. And Chandler basically says, like, so I guess this is over now, because he's mm. never had, like, a, a serious, I guess, healthy yeah. relationship. And Monica says, like, no, Chandler, like, we've just had our first fight. Welcome to an adult relationship. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's so true, isn't it? Like, it's okay to have conflict. Yes, thousand percent. And I think it airs out, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a friend's quote for everything. Mm. So what's your (laughs) third tip then? So, okay, so I'm going to be careful with this one. Okay. Because what I am not saying is I'm not saying that your relationship is going to be with someone that you're not attracted to. Mm -hmm. Or that, yeah, basically that. I'm not saying you're not going to be attracted to someone. Something that I have learned within healthy relationships and that I think it's really important to understand is that usually there aren't these like fireworks. There's not this intense anxiety or like sparks. I'm not saying there's no Mm -hmm. excitement, but it's not to that point where you really like lose yourself. I think there is a lot to be said if you want a healthy relationship. We go through that go through that excitement to get to the point where things kind of balance out a little bit yeah and it's not realistic to expect that you're going to be constantly belly laughing constantly excited constantly have butterflies Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget that we're looking for that high and we're not looking for the person that actually we can have silences with like if you have a silence on a date and then you come back to conversation Mm -hmm amazing yeah amazing and I think that this is where social media comes in ruins everything right yeah because you are seeing the one picture of two people on a date or laughing you're not seeing the picture of them sitting on their phone after a day of work not talking like having that downtime is so important and I would add to that as well like especially during the beginning stages it shouldn't feel like a roller coaster it shouldn't feel like the ups and the downs the huge highs the huge lows we actually want as I said at the beginning it kind of feels calm kind of feels slightly like safer in the knowing it 
feels more level. Mm-hmm. Like I you can say. probably set boundaries. You can mm-hmm. probably say yes or no. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, when it's hard to have these conversations, usually I tend to see that as a sign that, that that's not a great thing. But we're not saying it's meant to be boring, but I do think there might be times where you feel that that is boring. But I do, but I think that people get scared of the word boring. And I will tell you, if you have had a history of only ever being up and down, only ever being on an emotional roller coaster, and you meet somebody and they are a little bit more secure, they do like you, there aren't the games, that might feel boring to you at the beginning. Like, until you get over that and get over yourself and, like, actually lean into how amazing that is, like... Yeah, it feels different. But actually, maybe you're just regulated. Yeah. You're not triggered. You're not anxious. It just is what it is. Guys, you're not checking your phone. Yeah. Because you're already in touch with them mm-hmm. or you know where they are or whatever it is. And it's amazing how much people will think that that must be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So don't take that as you not fancying them or liking them do you know when people ask like oh how's you in i've never i don't know i don't ever say his name but how's you in f i'll say yeah that. <laughs> um i don't have much to say because like, yeah, you're good. fine yeah, yeah we're good you're fine and you like, know we talk about like listen here is a reality for everyone you and i our businesses could be double what they are if we sold our relationships on instagram yeah. Right. Let's face it. I could post everything about my incredible, amazing relationship and probably get 20,000 more followers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I posted my relationship, you would be bored. <laughs> <laughs> you would not. It's not that entertaining. Honestly, we don't have like a camera following us about or like some professional photographer. Honestly, I like got some photos done the other day and I was desperately trying to like sneak Liam into a photo and he was really? having absolutely none of it. No, because it's not normal. Like Instagram relationships unless you're both in that world are not normal i would love that i have got a professional picture of us though yeah from a wedding yeah i mean i got one from weddings and stuff but yeah yeah like i've got to be like i maybe like once every like four months i'll get away with posting a picture of him um okay so number four i would say green flag for a healthy relationship is there has to be an element of compatibility it is huge you, you know, there are different kinds of compatibility, like emotional, sexual, intellectual, um, compatibility and temperament, but there has to be compatibility in the areas that are important to you. You know, we don't want you to be like the same in everything, like, you know, same, same, but different, right? You need the different for interest, for to add that bit of spice, but we have to have the shared values and the shared vision and I think the shared vision of the future is kind of really key, actually, because when we think about you're building that relationship, what are you working towards? What's your vision for what your relationship will look like? What's your vision for what you want down the line? What are you both moving towards? And they say, don't they, that people do need goals, people do need things to work towards. So I think having that support and building each other up and getting there together is amazing. Okay, fifth, are we on the fifth t- fifth green flag? Keep yes, saying tips. three, yeah, fifth. This is one of those ones where there's a lot of grey areas. This is the sacrifice compromise thing. 
because again thinking I think we can get a little bit stuck on I should never ever sacrifice but I think sometimes there's going to be a sacrifice but you have to understand whether you're willing to sacrifice that like whether that is okay because if you choose to be with this person and they will not fly on a plane you you know that you have to decide is there other things here that I can be okay with and sacrifice that but obviously again we can move to com compromise them but I'm just trying to give an example that I do think there's some things that we might have to sacrifice so I is there anything you've done with this too personal? Is there anything you've had to sacrifice? Have I had to sacrifice? There's definitely things within our relationship where I thought that maybe, oh, I wouldn't be attracted to that. But no, no not so far. There's lots of compromises. But there's such a fine line between a compromise and a sacrifice. But no, at this point, I wouldn't say there's been something that I hugely sacrifice. We have differences. So yeah, okay, maybe there is. Let me give you a couple of examples and then you guys can kind of make up your mind about it, whether it's sacrifice, compromise, or whatever. Because compromise to me is like meeting in the middle. Yeah. You can't always meet in the middle. Like you can't. So, okay, our biggest difference is that we go to bed at different times. Now, if you told me before when I thought about the kind of relationship I wanted, it was that going to bed, it's thinking of that person being next to you and all of those kind of things. And not that long after meeting each other, it becomes very apparent that we've got very different sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. He works late. He just always, he, he says like, I don't know if this is true, if there's any Brazilians listening, maybe it's just what he's told me. But he says that's quite natural for him when he was back in Brazil that he would kind of like live through the night almost. So in a way, I'm the one that sacrificed there because he comes to bed later. We didn't make it that you're going to come to bed when I go to bed and then I get the cuddles and just go mm. to sleep. But that is partly because I was like, what's the reality here? The reality is I get my cuddle and I'm going straight to sleep mm. and then he's laying there awake. Who's that worse for? yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean so that's the way I kind of look at that however we do have a really good agreement around this which is if I say to him like please will you come to bed tonight he will or I'll say like can you tomorrow and that probably happens like definitely weekly definitely around my period mm. and he knows but it's not but he knows like yeah I will and he will yeah, that's so. Is really that compromise, nice. sacrifice? I'm not sure, but it's, it's a difference, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe it's it's actually really leading on from the compatibility points. There will always be points of difference because yeah. you're not the same person, and nobody is going to meet every single need you've ever got. So it's yeah, looking at what compromises you are willing to make, what differences are you willing to put up with for the sake of the healthy relationship and I think it you you know you've got to remember that relationships shift and change and dynamics change and it's like a little dance right so some things you might be compromising on now let's say a very classic example or traditional example is if you have kids mm -hmm. that's gonna work out great for us then yeah like <laughs> <laughs> as you know or if we take even mine and Liam's careers, mine is a hell of a lot more flexible. Who is going to take on more of the childcare? Me. Mm -hmm. You know, but who's to say my career won't at some point 
massively grow, my business might massively grow, what would then happen to him? He might step back at that point. We don't know. So it's doing the dance, isn't it? And accepting that things will shift, things will grow, and there will be different compromises at different points. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing. We were talking about if we were to get married, and there was one thing we we had a real difference on, and I just said, well, let's wait until the time, and then we'll see if there's other things we have real differences in, and then we'll split them down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sacrifice that or that? Like, which one's more important yeah. to you? you know? Well, they it's interesting, actually. Like, when you talk about before marriage and stuff, there are some coaches now and therapists who do pre-marriage therapy but also pre-kids therapy where they will literally decide who Ah. is going to look after what chores yes who is going to do what around the house what are people's roles going to be when they have kids and stuff you're gonna be able you'll be able to answer this because we were talking about getting a dog yeah and I was like that's great like the thought we can't because of where we live yeah. but we were like look the thought of getting a dog is great but also realistically your life will change if you get a dog and we're not actually thinking about who's going to pick up the shit right now we're thinking about having cuddles with a cute little dog but who's taking it out at 6am well I'm the one that gets up early <laughs> yeah you will have to do the early shift. <laughs> but, but yeah. even but even that I do have a dog and we literally do have to be like okay we don't take it in turns naturally to who gets up at six o'clock with the dog like if if you know my husband's going to work early he might get up on those days if I can see he's knackered yes I would get up not because it's my turn but because it's more important for him to have a lion if he's exhausted than me or you know you figure stuff like that out but it's the willingness to be flexible that's the exact word that was just in my head. And I was thinking Flex- if we were to summarise this for people, dating, wanting that healthy relationship, mm-hmm. it is that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, and I think, look, depending on your experience, it can feel like you're losing yourself or I'm mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing because this Instagram post said always put myself first and never put them mm-hmm. above you. If there is a balance and you know this person cares about your well-being and you can see the back and forth, it's okay if sometimes they win this one, for lack of better words. You know, it's like you say, it's not us against them. Yeah. And it might change next week. So last one, and I feel like this kind of encompasses quite a lot, but for me, a green flag of a healthy relationship is around respect. Respect of yourself and respect to the other person because a lot of the time we get oh self-love 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 right for me self-respect is actually like a bit of a kicker like it's a bigger one it's that like okay am I showing up in a way that respects me with my time with my boundaries with my needs and do I respect their time their boundaries their needs because as humans we are kind of selfish and egotistical and make it all about us but actually part of being in a relationship is there is another person there who you have to account for their needs now like you have to account for their boundaries you have to account for them being a separate person to you like having enough respect for somebody to give them space to have your own time to see your own friends to do your own thing like for me it's such a vague one but it's so important like if you don't respect yourself or your partner I think you know it has quite big implications for later down the line especially around conflict can you imagine having an argument with somebody who you just fundamentally don't respect 
I I kind of see this a bit more in like the comment sections, you know, mm. of social media of, well, why should I if they don't? So I would just say you just continue to be a respectful person for yourself, for others. And if they don't, that's a very good sign for you. You don't have to go to their level. You don't have to lower your standards. If they don't, that tells you all you need to know. But you just continue to show up as yourself, continue to respect. And that, like you say, difference of opinions, the differences between you, them, all of the things. Yeah. If you kind of have that as a baseline for yourself. Yeah, I agree. The Gottmans actually say like two, that there are two like key, um, they call them like load bearing walls for mm. relationships, which I love, which is around commitment and trust. And commitment and trust kind of underlies everything we've just talked about, isn't it? Like with the respect, with compatibility, with arguing. It is difficult, isn't it? Like this kind of topic where it's like there are so many res- uh, so many grey areas. Mm. Like, but I respect this, but I don't so much respect mm. that. I think it's, but it goes back to, you know, as you said, if you have a healthy sense of self before you get into the relationship, you will know what you need to be happy and content and feel loved and then you add in a big fat dollop of compromise and respect you learn to argue well and you make an effort to be nice to them and it comes back to (laughs) right but it comes back to that need for the lack of anxiety and stuff because from a regulated state we're more likely to be social we're more likely to connect in those healthy ways Mm -hmm. so if you're constantly anxious or you're constantly you know the opposite in that shutdown it's really difficult to make these healthy choices and it's even more difficult to think about someone else from a healthy point of view it's easy Mm. to obsess over them Mm. but I mean from that kind of balanced that balanced place so it always comes down to you needing to be able to regulate and check in why don't then we do our next episode on self-soothing and regulation I do love a bit of self-soothing okay you're on so it's a gray area we are going to say that yeah but there's look there's so many components to the healthy relationships and just to summarize quickly it's the look at the five to one ratio look at actually how are you thinking of them positively are you leaning in are you kind of you know or are you always criticizing are you turning away what is your dynamic like? Um, learning to argue, having that stability, that calmness, not expecting fireworks and an Instagram worthy love life all the time. Having a compatibility and shared vision of the future with the key elements that's important to you. Being flexible and respecting them and respecting yourself, accepting that they're going to have different opinions, different needs, different boundaries, need to be on their own, you need to be on your own, respecting your own well-being, all of those. Right, guys, again, we're going to ask you, what are you going to do to move this forward? What action are you going to take? How are you going to apply this to your dating or relationship? And we'll see you next week.